the Liberty Cast with Big E, the man who makes the founders seem like moderates. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Big E with the Liberty Cast. Uh, we had another really busy news week this week, and uh, that's kind of a was kind of a bad deal for me. Um, uh, I've mentioned before that uh, my career is outside of doing this podcast is as an IT guy. And um, this week I was away doing some training and um, I just kept seeing all these stories that I wanted to talk about come fast and furious. So we have a jam packed slate today. Uh, some of the things I, I, I want to get to uh, Omarosa. Uh, that was the first big thing, obviously. Um, ESPN is choosing to not air um, the national anthem during uh, before the Monday Night Football broadcasts. Um, the Democrat candidate for the governor of Georgia um, is having tax issues. Uh, Twitter finally suspended Alex Jones's account. John Brennan got his security clearance revoked. There was a extreme Muslim training camp in New Mexico. Colin Kaepernick uh, apparently turned down a chance to sign with an NFL team, so I'll try to see if I can get into some of those implications. Um, there was a really good ruling in our favor uh, in Washington State on the Second Amendment, so I definitely want to get into that as well. And uh, a few other things that I probably will not get into, but uh, that is uh, the rundown of some of the things that we're going to talk about. So. Um, since we have a jam-packed show and not a lot of time, let's get right to it. Round one. I said in the rundown that in the beginning of the week, uh, I really thought uh, Omarosa's uh, bombshell and her secret recordings were going to dominate the news cycle, but it faded pretty quickly. So on that, I'll, I'll just say that she is a terrible human being. And... Interviews this week, she contradicted herself, contradicted statements she made in her own book. Uh, she secretly recorded the president. She recorded uh, General Kelly as he was firing her in the Situation Room. I'm not really sure why uh, he fired her in the Situation Room, but whatever. Uh, she secretly recorded Laura Trump. I mean, who knows what else she recorded? I mean, it seems like her entire life has been a recording just so that she can use those recordings at a later date to to advance herself somehow. And this whole story of of they're trying to paint it as though because Donald Trump reacted and called her a dog, uh, that that's somehow racist. It's like they're they're so intent on painting him as a racist They're they're inventing things to 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 use to suggest that he's a racist. He's called many people dogs. He called Rosie O'Donnell a dog. He's called, I think he called Mitt Romney a dog. I mean, I, I, I really don't understand how that is racist. And leaving aside all the other things that, they, that they're, they're claiming are, about Donald Trump are racist. I mean, if he really is a racist, he's doing it completely wrong. In fact, if he is a racist, his performance to this point would make him the most incompetent racist in a position of power that has ever lived. Because there's no way a racist would 
would introduce policies and measures that would lead to historically low black unemployment and move over two million people off of food stamps. It's 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 just ridiculous. Calling her a dog, frankly, is an insult to dogs everywhere. I mean, my dogs are nowhere near um, the level of Amarosa. Amarosa, like I said, she's just a terrible, terrible human being, and she's she's gonna she's 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 gonna have a big fall, I think, sooner rather than later. And um, frankly, I can't wait. Okay, enough of that. Moving on. Uh, in, in Washington State, uh, the NRA and the Second Amendment Foundation uh, sued to block a ballot initiative uh, from being put on the ballot in November. Some of the proposals in the initiative uh, included uh, a gun registry, creating a gun registry for transfers of commonly owned semi-automatic rifles, like your AR-15. They wanted to introduce a 10 business day waiting period on the purchase of semi-automatic rifles. They wanted to impose criminal liability on law-abiding gun owners who don't store their firearms to state standards. Now, these are the state standards that they want people to abide by. Guns should be stored in a locked container and rendered unusable to any person other than the owner or authorized user. So, unless you are carrying it around in your house, which is not a bad idea, by the way. But unless you're carrying it around your home, it has to be locked up and rendered unusable. That is ridiculous. And no law-abiding gun owner is, is, is going to do that. You have guns in your home for a reason, to protect your home. If you're not carrying it, but you want it readily available, you can't have it in a safe with, uh, and unloaded. You, it, you just can't. You might as well have a paperweight and the paperweight would actually be of more use because it wouldn't be locked up somewhere. So uh, one of the other initiative, one of the other um, measures that they wanted to have on the ballot uh, in included in this uh, initiative is they want to increase the age limit to possess or purchase semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21. Another ridiculous idea for reasons which should be obvious to pretty much anyone with common sense. But just quickly, if you're old enough to fight and die for your country, if you're old enough to vote, then you're old enough to purchase a rifle. You're old enough to, old enough to purchase a handgun as far as I'm concerned. Now we can talk about whether or not 18 is the right age for those things, but as it stands right now, that is the age of majority. So that is the age that you should be able to exercise your Second Amendment rights. And they also want to mandate training prior to purchasing, which in itself is not necessarily a bad idea. But, and what standards are they going to use? Who's going to regulate this? I mean, getting the state involved in things like this is always, always a recipe for disaster. And uh, the last thing that or not the last thing, this is just a sample of some of the things included in this measure, but they want to authorize a $25 fee to be assessed to semi-automatic uh, rifle purchasers. So if you go to buy an AR-15 or any other semi-automatic rifle, 
and that gun costs $800. They're going to tack $25 onto that in addition to the other taxes that you're going to have to pay. So yeah, this is, a, this is in, in essence, a tax, a $25 tax on every semi-automatic rifle that purchased in the state of Washington. I mean, come on. The people who oppose freedom, the people who oppose the Second Amendment, the people who want to take your guns away, and make no mistake, that's what they want to do. They are doing everything they can to make sure that your ability to purchase that firearm, and this applies to semi-automatic rifles, but it's, they're, they're going to expand it to, to handguns as well. It, that, that's inevitable if, if this goes through. These people want to make owning firearms so difficult that people just stop doing it altogether, effectively circumventing the Second Amendment. It's not going to happen. It's just not because people who value their freedom, who value the Second Amendment, they're either going to leave states with these draconian measures or they'll organize and they'll, they'll organize to, to make sure that these things don't pass. Now, I spent all that time talking about uh, the measure. This ballot initiative is designated I-1639. And the reason why the NRA and the Second Amendment Foundation sued to block this is that the state gathered about 378,000 signatures to get it on the ballot. But they alleged in the suit that the people who signed really didn't have any idea what they were signing because the print was too small and illegible. The judge ruled that the print was, in fact, too small. He said he has 20-20 vision and he couldn't read any of it. So there you go. They, they, they want to do everything they possibly can to make sure that they, and, and if they have to resort to trickery, which is what they basically did here, uh, they're going to do it to make sure that you cannot exercise your Second Amendment rights. Now, the state appealed this decision immediately to the state Supreme Court. So we'll see how that works. But... If the if this judge really couldn't read it, I can't see any reason why the Supreme Court would would overturn his decision, because I'm sure that there were people who went went to doors or or wherever they were set up to to gather these signatures. I'm sure they explained to them in all flowery language how signing this was a good idea. But I guarantee you that if that print is too small to read, they left out a bunch of stuff to get these people to sign it. There's just no way around it. And so I am hopeful um, and I'm optimistic actually, based on what I've, what I've read so far that, that, um, that this judge's ruling is gonna, is gonna hold. So we'll see how that works out. I'll keep an eye on that for you, but uh, that's where we're at right now uh, on, that, on that particular issue. We're gonna go ahead and take a break. And uh, when we get back, uh, I still haven't decided what I'll talk about, but when we get back, uh, it'll be something good. Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Big E. And um, 
now I want to talk about uh, ESPN. Round two. ESPN is uh, a sports network. It is a sports network that I used to watch all day whenever I was in front of a television. Uh, they recently announced that they are not going to air the national anthem on Monday Night Football. Now, I haven't watched any NFL football for the past two seasons, and this season will make three. I haven't watched ESPN in probably five or six years, maybe even longer than that. They've been a left-wing news organization for a really long time. Now, I don't really remember exactly what prompted me to stop watching uh, at this point. It's been, it's been so long. Probably something Keith Olbermann or Scott Van Pelt said during one of their broadcasts. They're notorious left-wing nuts. It's really sad that Stephen A. Smith is one of the more reasonable voices on ESPN, or at least he has been since the last time I, I actually watched. And I've seen, uh, I've seen clips of, of him uh, addressing certain issues on YouTube and things like that. And I would say eight times out of 10, he's, I may not agree with him completely, but he's at least one of the more, like I said, one of the more reasonable voices on that network. I suspect that the NFL uh, put some pressure on them to not air uh, the national anthem so that it minimizes uh, the exposure and the fallout from these cretins that are choosing to kneel during the anthem. Obviously, these fools have a right to protest. They have a right to, to voice their opinion on whatever subject they, they want. But the fact that they choose to do it during the anthem is doing nothing but alienating the people who they depend on to buy tickets and merchandise so that they can earn these ridiculous salaries. Salaries that 95 plus percent of these morons would never be able to earn in any other country playing a game or doing anything for that matter because most of them are idiots. Uh, obviously, there are a few that, that um, th th I think there's one guy who just uh, became a doctor. There are some guys that are, that are pretty smart and would have been able to make a career earning a good living doing pretty much anything they wanted. Obviously, that's true. But let's be real. Most of these guys are complete idiots who, if they could not play this game, would who knows what they'd be doing. I don't want to get myself into trouble by by uh, naming specific jobs or careers or anything like that. Let's just say that they would be on the very low end of the pay scale. And we'll just leave it at that. But like I was about to say, kneeling during the anthem only sends a message that they hate the country that has afforded them the opportunity to become millionaires. And this story is getting tiresome, which is why I, I stopped watching the NFL and ESPN, because it's just ridiculous. But on a related note, the idiot that got this whole ball rolling, the guy that started this whole thing, Colin Kaepernick, Apparently, John Elway and the Broncos approached him with a contract. He turned it down, which tells me that he never wanted to, to get back into the NFL. He saw this as an opportunity to play a victim and signing a contract would destroy that narrative. He's for some reason, he's seen as some kind of, of pioneer in, in racial politics somehow. All he really is is an unsophisticated undereducated, useful idiot 
for the mainstream media and the race pimps like Al Sharpton and these other fools that are doing nothing but furthering and solidifying the racial divide that's going on right now. And he, he's giving them everything they need. It, it, it's ridiculous. You know what? Let's uh, switch gears here for a second and talk about something even more ridiculous. I'm going to go ahead and assume that you heard about this uh, compound in New Mexico where these Muslim extremists were training children to commit mass shootings. If you haven't heard about that, um, I wonder what rock you've been hiding under. But uh, anyway, Judge Sarah Backus, uh, the judge in this case, who she, she freed the people that were charged uh, with these crimes. She freed them on $20,000 signature bond, which means basically that they only have to pay. They didn't have to pay anything up front, and they only have to come up with that money if they don't adhere to the terms of their release. Uh, I think they were, they're wearing ankle monitors. Uh, so if they, if they try to tamper with those, they go outside whatever prescribed area they're allowed, uh, or they don't show up for court for some reason. If any of those things happen and whatever other provisions are in it, which I'm, I'm not really sure what those might be, but those are just some of the things. Uh, if, if, they, if they violate any of that, then they'll have to come up with the money. These people had uh, 11 children under their control, giving them weapons training so that they could go out and commit mass shootings in the name of Allah. These children were malnourished, and one of them is actually being held because he was charged with kidnapping his son uh, from, from Georgia. The remains of his son were found on, on the grounds of this compound. So one, one dead kid... 11 malnourished kids, and they were charged with 11 counts of felony child abuse. So not only were they abusing these kids, giving them weapons training, training them to commit crimes in the, in the name of Allah, and the judge said that the prosecutors failed to show clear and convincing evidence that the suspects were a danger to the community. She is insane. Now, She's from San Francisco, so that should probably tell you everything you need to know about her and her ideology. She's a, she's a left-wing loon from Pelosi country. Having said that, uh, her ruling on this particular case has prompted uh, death threats. And although the, the, this ruling is completely ridiculous and people are rightfully angry, that does not, um, that, that's not how we need to handle this. Obviously, the press immediately attributed this to uh, conservatives, and there may be some, some conservatives out there who have, who have done that. But uh, anyone who identifies as conservative, this should be the furthest thing from our reaction. She's a political appointee, so there are, there are ways to handle it. Obviously, uh, some judges are elected, uh, so we could just vote them out. She was appointed. So what we as conservatives need to do is call our representatives, uh, let them know that this is completely unacceptable. Use your voice. Use your blogs. Use your podcasts. Use your right to assemble and protest peacefully, of course. Uh, but use your right to, to protest at the courthouse. Petition the government to change the law that she cited in her ruling so that, so that these things can't happen in the future. 
Now, her her ruling was based on changes made to the state's pretrial detention system. And part of it was meant to uh, reduce the role of money as a means of making sure that uh, suspects showed up for court. And it also set a really high bar for the uh, incriminating evidence that is needed in order to hold suspects without bail. Now, based on, obviously, I wasn't in the courtroom, but based on what's been reported, it seems like there was enough evidence there, as in 11 malnourished kids, the body of another one, guns, just the conditions that were that that these people were living in. That seems to be enough evidence to hold these people without bail. But maybe I'm crazy. I don't think so, though. And just to give you some perspective and context, Paul Manafort, who is charged with 32 counts of hiding more than $30 million in uh, overseas income. Paul Manafort is currently in 23-hour solitary confinement. He is being held during trial without bail in solitary confinement for financial crimes. Whether he's guilty or innocent, I don't know, frankly, don't really care. But the fact that he's being held in solitary confinement without bail and these five Muslim extremists who are responsible for the death of a three-year-old boy and malnourishment of 11 other children, they're walking free right now. Well, some of them are being held on, on other charges, but they... but. In this case, they were released basically on their own recognizance. But a guy who's charged with financial crimes, who has posed no danger to himself or anyone else, he's being held in solitary confinement. That makes less than no sense to me. Okay, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to give you some quick hits and then close it out. Welcome back. Now it's time for some quick hits. Okay, so the assault on free speech continues. Twitter has finally suspended Alex Jones's account this week. I don't think there can be any doubt that big tech and media are intent on silencing conservatives. Uh, I'm, I'm not defending Alex Jones. I think he's, from, from what I know of him anyway, like I said last week, I, I haven't paid much attention to him. But from what I do know of him, I guess he's uh, a member of the alt-right. But he's, he's out of his mind. And just like the left-wing lunatics, I think they all should, uh, should have a voice. Let the left-wing nuts, the right-wing nuts, alt-right-wing nuts, let them all let the freak flag fly. If we're really serious about free speech, and yes, I know it's not government censorship, so it's not really a First Amendment issue, but at the same time, like I said in my podcast last week, 
the power that these people wield, while it's not a government entity, it has the power equivalent to one, I believe. And we all know that big tech, the media, the government, they all are populated by and run by people on the left. And the left hates to have anyone disagree with them. They can't take it. And they can't take it because they can't argue the issues on the merits. So they have to have complete control of what what everyone says. So if you disagree with them, then they're going to do it, whatever they can to to silence you. If you agree with them, great. You're good to go. And I, I know that uh, Alex Jones is not... He's not my type of conservative, but he's also not a leftist either. And uh, I'm really not sure where to classify him in terms of the political scale. He's, I, I guess he's definitely more conservative than anyone else on the, uh, in the media. But at the same time, he's, um, well, maybe he's just crazy. Who knows? But anyway, uh, moving on. John Brennan finally got his security clearance revoked. The only thing I want to know is why it took so long. Now, when he was appointed to um, be the director of the CIA, there was a lot of discussion about whether or not he was really qualified, uh, both from an intellectual perspective, and I think he's proven that he's an idiot. But from an intellectual perspective, not to mention the fact that he voted for uh, the Communist Party candidate in, in the 1976 presidential election, and there's also been speculation that he converted to Islam while he was serving as a station chief in, I, th I believe it was Riyadh. Those two things right there, to my mind, should have disqualified him from ever serving as a director of the CIA. I know some people will probably disagree with me and cite freedom from religion and whatever else. I don't care. I think he should have been disqualified. And here's why. If he did convert to Islam, or even if there was even if there was a suspicion that he converted to Islam, especially in this day and age, there's no way he should have been the director of of our main intelligence agency. Obviously, not all Muslims want to kill us. But aside from Russians, all of the people that do want to destroy us are Muslims. So having a suspected Muslim serving as a director of the CIA just seems like an epically bad idea to me. And his behavior since uh, Donald Trump was elected president seems to support my contention that he never should have held the position in the first place. So that's uh, that's my position on that. He John Brennan. I'm glad I am very glad that he has his security clearance taken away. And there are a number of other people that need to have their clearances taken away as well. And I I'm hoping that happens sooner rather than later. We're uh, we're cutting it close on time, so they're going to get you out of here on this one. Uppercut. The Democrat candidate for governor in the state of Georgia owes fifty thousand dollars in back taxes. <sighs> Is it just me, or does it seem like the people that really want the government to take more of your money and mine have a problem paying their own taxes? I mean, Al Sharpton, the Clinton Foundation. Charlie Rangel, even though he's 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 retired now, uh, Claire McCaskill, all have had or continue to have issues paying taxes. Now, obviously, this is not an exhaustive list. And yes, there are Republicans that that uh, have been brought up on charges of tax evasion. But it just seems silly to me that 
these people who want to take all of our money can't can't pay their fair share, quote unquote, to use one of one of one of their phrases. It just seems that not only is there a double standard when it comes to how the media and big tech treat conservatives and communists, but it also shows that there's a double standard when it comes to taxes. They want you to pay more, but then they do everything they possibly can to get away with paying less. How does that work? Anyway, well, that is all the time we have. So I just want to say thank you all for listening. Keep your head on a swivel and stay safe, everybody.